I brought my business across the seven-figure mark for the first time. And it was, I have to say, just a very, very stressful and overwhelming experience. And I had been working so hard and following what every single like coach was sharing and what every trainer was sharing and what every book was teaching. And to come to this financially successful place and feel like I was not only drowning, but like dying was really disconcerting. And in hindsight, I can look back and say, absolutely a dark night of the soul. And I really just went into some very deep inquiry, asking questions like, if this is what it is to be successful as a person who's self-employed, then I don't really know if this is for me. If this isn't for me, then what is for me? Can you relate? If conscious entrepreneurship is leaving you feeling exhausted, and you hear that little voice in your head wondering if you'll ever really make the impact you desire without letting it drain the life from you, this is the conversation you need today. My guest today is Heather Dominic from Business Miracles and the creator of the Highly Sensitive Leadership Training Programs. Since 2010, Heather has been training highly sensitive entrepreneurs and leaders to do things differently by working less, making more of a social impact, and a higher income. Thank you so much for being a listener of the Fully Alive podcast. I really do appreciate it. And if you're feeling generous and you want to rate the show and subscribe, please go for it. I would love a five-star rating, but only if you think I've earned it. If I haven't earned this five-star rating from you yet, I encourage you to reach out to me via email or on social platforms. I'd love to learn how I can make the show even more impactful for you. And as an executive wellness coach, it's important to me that you find the supplements, services that you need to be your best. So before we dive into this conversation today, I want to take a moment to thank our sponsors. The sponsors I've selected offer products and services I personally use and have benefited from. You've heard me speak with Tim James from The Chemical Free Body in the past, and you're going to hear more from him and his coaches in upcoming episodes. If your physical health has been holding you back, check out the products Tim has vetted for us at chemicalfreebody.com. Use the code BLUEBAMBOO for a 10% discount. Also, I know how easy it is to trigger our stress response. Shouldn't it be just as easy to trigger our relaxation response? With Sensei, it is that easy. Allow the sound and vibration work for you to bring you into a restful state. And all of this in only 10 minutes at any time during the day. Go to getsensate.com backslash blue bamboo for a 10% discount and start loving yourself today. Hello, my name is Mary Maduna Gross, and you're listening to Fully Alive, the podcast for conscious entrepreneurs who are hungry to live their purpose, expand their impact, and create with ease. Heather, thank you so much for being on Fully Alive with us today. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Likewise. Thank you so much for having me. And just even the name Fully Alive is like so inspiring and tingling. And I'm so looking forward to being able to be in that energy with you today. Yeah. Oh, this is fantastic. And we're going to talk about highly sensitive kinds of topics today. 
But before we get into that, I would love to know a little bit about you. Tell us a little bit about how you discovered your sensitivity and what that experience was like for you. Yes. Oh my gosh. Such an important question. So to answer that, I think it's helpful to share that this year, 2023, marks my 20th year of being self-employed. And really, honestly, like just that is a miracle. Yes, it is. Let's um, Yeah, Yeah, it's really amazing. And it's amazing because when looking at me from the outside, you would never say, or let's, you know, say the research would never say that I am your typical successful entrepreneur. And that really does then hark back to the moment when I discovered that I was highly sensitive. So when I first transitioned from being a high school English and drama teacher into the first iteration of my business, I had no idea that I was highly sensitive. I didn't even know what that term was. I had never heard it. And so then definitely didn't know what that meant. I had been in business for approximately like about seven, eight years and had just been working really hard to create business, quote unquote, success. I brought my business across the seven figure mark for the first time. And it was, I have to say, just a very, very stressful and overwhelming experience. And I had been working so hard and following what every single like coach was sharing and what every trainer was sharing and what every book was teaching. And to come to this financially successful place and feel like I was not only drowning, but like dying was really disconcerting. And in hindsight, I can look back and say, absolutely a dark night of the soul. And I really just went into some very deep inquiry, asking questions like, if this is what it is to be successful as a person who is self-employed, then I don't really know if this is for me. If this isn't for me, then what is for me? And all those kinds of existential questions. However, that process of inquiry did lead me to Dr. Elaine Aaron. And Dr. Elaine Aaron is one of the founding researchers of what it means to be a highly sensitive person. She's also the author of the book, The Highly Sensitive Person. And that was when I learned what that meant. Yeah. Once I did and got over the fact that I was initially looking at this as like another like negative label and thing about my household that I was going to have to like work on forever. Uh, Once I made my way through that and understood more what it meant, suddenly there was like really this beautiful opening and I started realizing like, oh, because my nervous system is wired differently than someone who's not highly sensitive, that really means that I'm meant to go about everything differently, everything in my business, everything in my life. That was really such a pivotal moment, an absolute transformational kind of marker and point in my journey. And then eventually from what I was creating to support myself, started sharing that with others. And that is really what birthed the highly sensitive leadership training programs 
and the movement and really what so many have referred to in a way as a revolution that like right. would be highly sensitive and highly successful it just means that you have to go about this differently. And that's as short as I can do that. I love that. that I mean, very illustrative story. And I've, and I have one question about yeah. that story. So you talk about getting, working hard for the seven, eight years, getting to the seven figure mark. And then you say, oh my gosh, I've got the success and I'm miserable. Was that the word you used? I think. Yeah, for sure. Tell us a little bit about what was happening in those seven, what was your experience like in those seven or eight years up until you got to that benchmark of seven figures? Yeah, I so appreciate that question. So now in my work, I have a significant teaching around what I refer to as the highly sensitive entrepreneur and leader coping cycle. And part of the coping cycle are three primary coping mechanisms that I've identified that we as highly sensitives tend to default to. And those are the coping mechanism of pushing, the coping mechanism of hiding, and then the coping mechanism that I refer to as combo platter. Basically, mm-hmm. as you flip-flop back and forth between pushing and hiding. I am absolutely a recovering pusher. So in those first years, not knowing that I was highly sensitive, that is absolutely the way that I was coping with all of the change, all of the uncertainty, and all of the anxiety that really comes with starting a business. And especially when you're in a service-based business, which is very vulnerable, right? Business is based basically on who you are and the skills and the gifts that you have. And so that was really so much of how I was operating. And it was absolutely exhausting. It was completely overwhelming and yeah, and just really detrimental in so many ways. My health definitely suffered. And though my business on paper had crossed the seven-figure mark that year when I went into that dark night of the soul, I was also my lowest net that I had ever had. So I was just like, what the, what, like all of this. And, and I still feel lack, not enough, chasing the tail. It was just, yeah, overall a really difficult and challenging time. Yeah. I can relate to this pushing and hiding patterns and so much gave me the chills when you said it was like, oh my goodness, I I resonate with this. Yes. So can you give us just a working definition of highly sensitive so that we know what it is that we're talking about? For sure. Yes. So important. As I've already referenced, it's definitely not a term or phrase coined by me. It really comes out of psychological research from the mid-1990s. Again, Dr. Aaron is one of the leading researchers, primarily because she wrote the book, The Highly Sensitive Person. She's far from the only researcher. And in general, what it means to be a highly sensitive person is that you are born into the world with a nervous system that is wired to take in stimulation at a much higher degree 
than someone who's not highly sensitive. So when it comes to stimulation, you can think of like the five to six senses, right? Though you have a higher stimulation response to smell, to sounds, to touch, to also energy, information. And what's important to recognize about that overstimulation is that literally, physiologically, your nervous system is processing sensory stimulation differently than someone who's not highly sensitive. So just a couple of important points about that, which I always find really helpful, is because of that difference in nervous system processing, a person who's highly sensitive is going to have a visceral experience of overwhelm. And I always like to say it's not the like, magazine quiz overwhelm or that they have an outgoing to-do list, right? Like we all have that. We all have societal overwhelm, the way that our world is structured and in this modern time. For a highly sensitive, it literally impacts the ability to process. So when the nervous system becomes overstimulated, it can be hard, for example, to actually think to put thoughts together, to be able to effectively verbalize what you need or to like make a decision, to stay focused. And as I'm listening through those, hopefully as folks are listening, like, wow, that would make things really challenging. (laughs) Especially when it comes to being self-employed or in a leadership position of any kind. So that is really where my work comes in and it's about a retraining of how you relate to the nervous system so that you are able to shift from those coping mechanisms into a real more proactive and creative space. But in short, that is what it means to be highly sensitive. Oh, I'll add just one more thing that's always helpful to to emphasize is that according to the research, there's only 20% of us. So there's only 20% of the global population that is highly sensitive. And what can happen as a result of that is that often a person who's highly sensitive, especially like myself, if you're unaware that you're highly Mm -hmm. sensitive, or also if you aren't engaging in how to really effectively use your nervous system, you can really start to feel like there's something wrong with you, right? This law of probability, you're like one in threat. Right. And you're looking around, you're like, wow, like, why is no one else like really happy, a weird or challenging experience like I am? And that was a lot of what it was for me in those first years of being self-employed. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Again, I can totally relate to that. Why am I? My emotions are overflowing over here and people around me are just neutral about yeah. it. And I could never understand. Again, that going to isn't it interesting how. When we see ourselves as different, we almost automatically default to, I must be wrong or I must be broken. Yeah. I'm doing it the wrong way because these four other people statistically are doing it. Exactly. One of the other things I wanted to ask you about is at the origin of this, I had assumed that maybe upbringing or if we were living in a a scenario where maybe an adult in our life wasn't managing themselves very well and really relied on the child to help them manage themselves. So is it a nature nurture or is it a combination of both? 
Yes, I so appreciate that question. Again, going back to the research is the way that Dr. Aaron speaks to it is that a highly sensitive person is going to most likely, high probability, have an experience of trauma no matter what, simply because of that 20%. Yeah. If the child experiences any additional trauma, such as myself, where I lost my mother suddenly in a bike accident when I was 14 and she was 35, that trauma is going to compound the experience of being highly sensitive. Then we can take it one step further. And in my work, in my research, I've actually paired together the research from Dr. Aaron and then research from meditation expert, Tara Brock. Mm -hmm. And in Tara's work, she speaks to what she refers to as socialized trauma. And her description of socialized trauma is any experience where you repeatedly feel as if there is something wrong with you. So you put those two together where the highly sensitive is that 20%. Most likely that's going to be a repeated experience, especially growing up in a family where to no fault of anyone except just lack of knowledge right? Parents or adults just didn't understand. So constantly there's the reinforcement that there's something wrong with you. And or what I often find my work is that, again, to no one's fault, but a highly sensitive will have the experience of basically, for lack of a better way of saying it, like their natural gift of being able to utilize what I refer to as our top 12 strengths, such as like intuition and the deep feeling that those are unknowingly, unconsciously called upon by the parents or again, adults. And then the highly sensitive child ends up basically because their nervous system is wired to take in stimulation, holding mm-hmm. not for the family unit. And without getting too complicated, that this connects to also another psychological theory that's referred to, excuse me, it is the Bowen family dynamic theory. And in that theory, it speaks to that typically there is one member of a family who is referred to as the absorber. Okay. And it's that member of the family that will, again, be that holder. Now there's research out there that says that absorber is highly sensitive, but again, put all the pieces together, the probability is pretty high. And I know through now my decade plus of doing this work that the majority of those that I mentor can resonate with that experience. So that becomes part of the retraining to be like, oh, Just because I can feel something doesn't mean that one, I have to hold it or two, that I'm responsible for it. It's really making that kind of shift is really helpful, supportive, powerful, impactful when it comes to entrepreneurial and just overall leadership success. Oh, man. I really, I'm really enjoying because even understanding the concept and then the framework where we're operating from. 
So my mind just went to, you mentioned strengths. I was a highly sensitive, not let's say a highly sensitive person who doesn't know that they're highly sensitive. What kinds of experiences do you think that they tend to, that tend to come up for us? Yeah. So I might, maybe, again, if I, I have taken your quiz yes. and turns out I'm uberly highly <laughs> sensitive. I don't know if there's an award for that or not. I'll accept it. Yeah. Yes. But really, if you don't know this about yourself and you're going about your experience and interpreting these things as, oh my gosh, here's another example of how I must be wrong or not right or not enough. Yes. What, what are some other things that as an entrepreneur, highly sensitive entrepreneur, what else might I see that should direct me to, am I highly sensitive? And what, if I did identify with that, what would that do for me? Yes. Some of it, like we've already begun to speak of, which is you might just have the experience of looking around you and you're like, wow, let's say it seems like most people get really super excited by putting together a huge marketing launch. Why do I feel like a pancake? And then I have to recover for days, if not weeks, after putting together and executing a similar launch. I know for, I've definitely, for example, had that experience and I've spoken to so many others that a highly sensitive will follow all of the formula rules, right? They'll put together all of the emails, all of the backend systems to have a marketing launch and it will probably go off well. And then the recovery or the impact afterwards ends up being detrimental because the highly sensitive person isn't in their best strength state to be able to follow up. Yeah. It's like they just poured everything into that execution moment. And the flooding is so significant that it ends up unintentionally being like a sabotage set up. So that's very common. Again, I hear that a lot from members when I'm first talking to them and getting a sense if the leadership training program would be a fit for them or not. Others might just be on a day-to-day time management. And typically what's taught to manage time or how to manage Mm -hmm. time, especially as an entrepreneur or a leader, the majority of what's out there is created for, I like to refer to them as the 80%, (laughs) the non-highly sensitives. And that can also be a setup for a lot of highly sensitives, even though they're following all of the quote unquote rules of how to be most productive. They feel exhausted by the end of the day, or they're, it's such a greet against their nervous system that they just end up abandoning it. And then they feel like they can't get things done and they don't know why. And then they're beating up on themselves. That's really part of that coping cycle. Um, That's another like real, you know, yeah, just a very common scenario and situation. And then I would say another one is often, especially for entrepreneurs when it comes to selling. So a lot of, again, the kind of traditional techniques for selling are just very against how a highly sensitive is prone to operate. There any selling techniques that are really like fear-based or really like high urgency based tends to just 
really, again, create that overstimulation for a highly sensitive. So they'll either completely hide from it and think in everything to do, but have a self-conversation. And they'll come up with things like, shouldn't maybe I should just be like offering my services for free. I thought about that. Why don't I have any money? Or again, it can have the same kind of impact as say like the launch example, right? Where the highly sensitive will show up for the selling conversation. It just takes so much out of them that they don't have the wherewithal and energy to follow up. So those are just like say three very common, typical scenarios and situations. And then understanding that you're highly sensitive really begins to shift and change everything. I personally have developed an entirely different way to go about selling that really calls upon the highly sensitive strengths, intuition, empathy, again, those two of the top three of the 12, really being able to relate with time and productivity differently. And then also to find out like, what's the marketing that makes the most sense for you? Because ultimately, one of the things that I always say is that as highly sensitive, we are actually really wired to be very successful service-based entrepreneurs. We are wired to be able to provide a high-quality service to another human being, to other human beings. And that is because of our strengths. From there, really, then it's about, okay, again, the retraining of the nervous system so that all of the operational aspects are redesigned to work with your nervous system rather than against your nervous system. And that's just what I'm grateful and honored to be able to see through my work every single day. We have like very, we have entrepreneurs that have been in business for years. They mm-hmm. come into the training program and just like, oh my gosh. And so they redesigned and suddenly what has been like a lot of effort to create their business success is really a shift into just like greater sense of connection with self, calming of the nervous system, more enjoyment. And then we also have entrepreneurs that are just starting out. I always say you're the lucky ones, right? You can set it up in a way that'll support you right from the get-go and everything in between. But that's really so much of what's created, how it just becomes a different experience for sure. Oh my gosh. Because even as I'm, I was, as you were first describing this, what just kept coming through my mind is this idea of um, how much energy we expend just in between the events, not to mention showing up for the event. So I love hearing you talk about that exhaustion, yeah. uh, whether it's at the end of the day or at the end of a launch or something that we've been working on. I can totally relate to that. Yeah. And that whole piece, I've, so the I don't remember the word you used for that recovery period, but in that recovery period, being like, oh my gosh, like I just did all this. I know I can. And now I've got nothing left and I can't. And come right back to those old stories uh, is so easy to do. Yes. So I keep hearing you talk about balancing the nervous system. So is balancing the nervous system going to help? How does that help us manage our energy flow? Yes, for sure. They're definitely connected. But first I'll say with everything that you were just speaking to regarding exhaustion, that's why I love the name of your podcast. Mm -hmm. And I love the focus of your podcast of fully alive. 
And there's actually a part of me that just finds that so moving and emotional because there's so many highly sensitives who are out there and they are like a walking shell of themselves. Like they're just trying to like get through each day and just literally like trying to survive rather than being fully alive. And that's when I say when it comes to the work that I do in the leadership training programs, there's a lot of different programs that will help highly sensitives be able to manage that recovery. Okay. It is absolutely valuable. But for the people, the highly sensitives who are attracted to my work, they really have a deep call to be able to be of service. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, to be of service in a way that, that they're also compensated and taken care of for themselves. That's that entrepreneurial aspect or really to be able to maximize these gifts they have and really pay it forward in the world. And to be able to do that, you have to go beyond that coping cycle yeah. where you're just re- constantly recovering or soothing and instead be able to shift into that place you can be proactive. So that's really then where the retraining of the nervous system and that energy management are so imperative. And, and it really is a retraining process. We have in the leadership training programs, we have seven tracks of leadership curriculum. You take a track assessment when you first come in, it shows you like where you're meant to start for your highly sensitive journey. But every single track begins with what we refer to as orientation trainings, which are all about learning how to orient to your, yeah, and really, literally develop a new relationship with your nervous system. And again, the energy management is about beginning to establish core practices so that you can be ahead of those moments when you and your nervous system tend to be most triggered when you and your nervous system tend to get flooded with stimulation, when you and your nervous system tend to feel like you are not in command of your emotions. Mm-hmm. And I always like to refer to it as kind of going to the gym or like being an Olympian and that is part of that proactive aspect is like you literally have to engage in a training. Yeah. So on a day-to-day, it becomes a new way of approaching your business, approaching your life, so that when you're in those high-performance moments, right, if it is something with marketing, if it is giving a presentation or just having a selling conversation or even like a difficult conversation or working with team, right, whenever it is that you're ready. Yeah. And you're not going to experience like that same kind of like nervous system impact mm-hmm. what would happen before that training process. So that really is where that connection between that retraining of the nervous system and the energy management entering into a different space of flow, a different space of creativity, a different space of productivity, all of it. And I love that you keep coming back to the strengths and how to apply the strengths of the highly sensitive to business. And so I want to get to that. But before we do, there was one other thing that you mentioned here in these three areas. We talked about the energy management. 
Crime is also something that you brought up and that caught my attention because one of the things that I realized about myself and probably I would say maybe 18 months ago. So it hasn't been that long ago. And I started to recognize that it didn't matter what I was doing. There was that little chatter in my voice that said, you need to hurry up and get this done because you have something else that needs to be done. And so I would hurry up and get that done so I could get to the next thing. So this kind of goes into that energy management thing, right? Where I would literally, I, we didn't have dogs at the time. So I didn't need to break up my day at all. And so I would just work from eight until whenever I was felt like I was done. I had done enough at the end of the day. And usually, to be quite honest, that decision was made because I'm out of energy. I can't think anymore. I can't yeah. produce anymore. And so now I'm done today. <laughs> so talk to me a little bit about that relationship to time yeah. and how that impacts the highly sensitive. Yeah, for sure. So... I can't say it's 100% for every person who's highly sensitive, but again, in my 10 plus years of what I'll refer to as like practical research, I've never once come across a highly sensitive entrepreneur or budding entrepreneur who's, oh my gosh, I love working nine to five. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's, that is so helpful and supportive. Not one. And at first, is about a rewiring of what productivity means and what a productive or successful day is meant to look like. And it sounds so simple, like we can all like intellectually understand it. But when you're in it, it can be like a real mocking test. There's just a lot that comes up around beliefs, around value, et cetera, et cetera. So that's number one. Then from there, it's really about getting to understand and even know what your own circadian rhythm is. Yes. So simple, but there's a lot of kind of like detangling of neural pathways and beliefs that, you know, really is part of that process to get a sense of where am I really at my best. And then once you have that, then you can start to work with what I refer to as the one third rule, which is like to deliberately creating sections of your day or week that are about time off. I'm on, which is when you're working on the business and then time in, which is when you're working in business. And starting to get a sense of where do those really work best for me? And it's like a puzzle piece. I'm like making these movements right. with hands of like shifting them around because it literally is different for every single person, definitely every single highly sensitive person. But when a highly sensitive entrepreneur and leader goes through that process, again, I can definitely speak to this myself. Like I don't, I don't have that experience anymore where I'm exhausted at the end of the day. I definitely have days where I'm like, wow, like that was a really full day. Right. I've developed enough of an awareness around those elements and components that I just spoke to where if I tend to start tipping off, I can catch it. Never one, and I don't default to that coping mechanism of pushing where I'm just pushing through. Yeah. 
And again, I understand and know enough about how I work best that very rarely do I get there anyway because of the way that I have my schedule set up. Something that maybe would have taken me, say, three hours fast because I was running up low views, if you would like to get it done up against very often self-created pressure, just time pressure, then I can actually just get done in 30 minutes. Yeah. And then you can even start to enter into the space. Oh, I think that this thing that I'm working on has to include X, Y, Z in order to really be high quality. When you really start to change your relationship with time, you kind of start to realize, wow, just X is pretty good. Yeah. I don't really need the Y and the Z. Oh, that's so interesting that I thought that I did. And then, you know, that contributes to the shift as well. Yeah. And for there, what just came to my mind was that concept of slowing down. Once I did recognize this pattern in my own self, I've made concerted efforts to slow down, which for the pusher, like, holy smokes, that's like putting restraints on the pusher. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. It's true. Because again, it's a coping mechanism, right? The thing that I always like to say about coping mechanisms is that they're not bad. They've really supported you. That's right. Whatever way they have up until now, like they were the way that you coped with either not knowing that you were highly sensitive or being able to be highly sensitive in an environment where most people were not. And it really is just more about, oh, okay, now that I've choice to be empowered as a highly sensitive entrepreneur or leader, I'm going to choose to shift out of that coping into a space of creating that allows me to truly be and feel safe versus the coping is often driven by the anxiety of I'm not safe and right. I'm in this coping. And for myself, as I'm listening to you, like I'm remembering when I was just in that awareness around my own coping mechanism of being a pusher. And I had this moment where I was like, like it was like an out-of-body experience. I was like hovering above myself and watching myself like just like moving so fast, like around like apartment and home office. And I was like, or watching, but it was like, it was literally, again, it was like an out-of-body experience. It was like, as it would happen. And I was like, oh my gosh, like this is not healthy. It's just like, I am going to lose it if I keep yes. in this way at this level. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for talking about that because I think, again, time is one of those things that we do have relationships with. And either that relationship helps us manage our energy or it amps it up. For sure. Said, absolutely. So let's shift and talk about the benefits of being highly sensitive. Is that a good way of saying it? For sure. Absolutely. Let's talk about that. Yes, absolutely. Again, in my work, there's those top 12 shadows and there's top 12 strengths. And the strengths are why we feel called as highly sensitive to be entrepreneurs in the first place. I always say, if you have a highly sensitive who's called to be in business, it is a call. Otherwise, why would we do it? It's literally like it's a setup for a challenge. And at the same time, I also say, if you want a fast track to personal growth, start a business. Because everything that you're meant to face regarding 
your own personal transformation will be just right at in your face repeatedly. Um, yeah. <laughs> it no. won't let you go. It will not. It will not. So for us as highly sensitives, I really see that the colleague and that opportunity for personal growth is to really master being in a space where you are operating from your strengths the majority of the time. So I've already spoken to some of our top strengths. Intuition is absolutely top, top. Empathy, top, top, top. Deep ability to be deep thinker, deep listener, deep feeler. Also really, truly at the top. We also have a natural deep belief in justice. I could go on and on, but I'll speak to just some of those top aspects of intuition, empathy, deep listener, deep thinker, et cetera, because those really are like so incredibly supportive to us and highly sensitive in business. Again, speaking to the most highly sensitive who are called to be self-employed or called to be service-based entrepreneurs. Very rarely ever, I've never had anybody in the leadership training programs who say sells widgets. It's not an interest for highly sensitives. I have had members who they might sell something like one gal, so sustainable workout clothing. Okay. But again, behind that was like this drive to make the world better. Yes. The um, entrepreneur. Yeah. Yes. So because of that, then you take strengths, intuition, empathy, et cetera. It allows us to be very good at the delivery of the service, right? So even though there's members in the Business Miracles community who say are real estate brokers or dentists, businesses that you would think of as more traditional, they're utilizing those highly sensitive strengths in the delivery of the service and it helps them to be an excellent real estate broker be able to call on their intuition or to really be an excellent coach because of that or to be able to be a sought after dentist because they have that ability to like really deeply listen to their patients. So then the work that I do is, okay, we know we have those strengths. We know that they really support you in the actual delivery of the service. Now, how do we take those strengths and actually use them to run the business? And that's really then where the magic is goals really start to happen. Again, it's a retraining. It is about balancing that relationship with time shift uh, and really back to detangling a lot of limiting beliefs about what it means to effectively operate a business and say, for example, what it is to set up systems that are based more on your intuition. Yeah. Or to have your nervous system in a place where you can in high pressure decision making situations, access your intuition, trust it and act on it, right? Those are just some examples. But when we do, and again, I've just been so grateful to witness so many, it's very powerful and it's very empowering. It's going to look different than your non-highly sensitive, but it's going to be so much easier and enjoyable for you as the highly sensitive, for sure. So it seems like we, as highly sensitives, are on both ends of the spectrum. We are going to feel things at a higher level. 
I'm not describing what I'm trying to say very well. We'll take on things, probably more things than we probably should. And yet on the positive sides of things, we do have that clarity of intuition. And in many cases, ability to trust ourselves when there's absolutely no external reason to do. For sure. Yeah. I so appreciate that you spoke to both of those ends of the spectrum, if you will. Because again, the work that I do is where you start to retrain your nervous system. So you're not actually taking in on when it's not helpful and supportive to you. So rather than it just being like the nervous system is like this open antenna, like ready to like tap into every single radio frequency that's out there. Like you learn to and how to be like, oh, okay, I'm not going to take in this stimulation here or this experience of this person here. So then it's actually available for me when I'm like working with a client or like to a prospect. And so kind of you be, you're like the operator of your own dial. If you were. I just had this image of I'm taking my energy back, the energy I used to give out to other people, things or whatever. So. Now with that energy, it can amplify the strengths that I have as a highly sensitive. Yeah, absolutely. Beautifully right. I love that. All right. I know we're short on time, but I do have one more question for, sure. for you. And that is, as a highly sensitive, what are some things that we could be asking our loved ones or partners in business? How can we ask, how can we help ask them to support us? Yes. Oh, my God. It's such a valuable question. Such a valuable question. First of all, like I have a whole training on difficult conversation. So just to acknowledge that often for a highly sensitive entry into that kind of conversation can feel challenging, right? So we look to be able to become masters of being able to have these types of conversations without falling prey to the limiting belief that you won't be able to handle it. So that's first and foremost. From there, then it's really about that understanding yourself and what you need to operate at your best and also to enter into a space where you can ask for others' support, but also be okay if they can't give it. Nice. That's a win-win right there. (laughs) And it really is so key because often a highly sensitive, even if they access the place where they feel like they can have that conversation or make that ask that you're describing, then if they don't receive a positive response, then it could just be like an experience of like devastation, like really entering into a space of victimhood, see at understood see i can't be i have to do it myself right i can't get any help yeah yes versus being able to use that strength of empathy and be able to recognize like oh another person might not be able to fully understand me but that doesn't that i brought Mm -hmm. and so then if i can't get what i need from this person and even if i can't get what i need from this person at this time, right, doesn't necessarily be forever, but at 
it's time I can rely on myself and not have it feel like it's a place of victimhood, but instead a place of empowerment. And then again, being able to from there be in that space of empathy if I'm your, of being able to understand like, oh, somebody else is having a different experience than I am. And that that's okay. That doesn't mean that either one of us is moral. I feel like there's so many questions that we could continue to go on and on. And maybe we'll do a follow-up at some point. But I think this is good for today. Heather, tell the listeners where they can learn more about you. Absolutely. So that's www.businessmiracles.com. And you'll find a lot of valuable resources there, including the quiz, the assessment that Mary was speaking about. We also have an assessment on the coping mechanism to help you identify, are you a pusher, a hider, or a combo platter, and how to work with that. Podcast episodes to listen to and a whole bunch more. So again, that's businessmiracles.com. Thank you so much for sharing this with us today. I, I, I hear you say 20%, and maybe I'm just happen to be around a lot of highly sensitive people. But I think there's such value in recognizing who we are. I am not taking it. I don't need to take this on as a label. I was joking before about the award. I, it's not a label, but yet it's self-knowledge. Exactly. And, and then what, how do I work with who I am? Yes. Beautiful. Absolutely. Thank you for your podcast, helping people be fully alive. It's really everything. everything. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Are you ready to play and experiment with these ideas so that you too can live your purpose, expand your impact, and create with ease? Join us at Fully Alive on Facebook. We've created this space to explore the effects these practices and principles can have on your own experience. And if you're feeling the nudge to explore what coaching can do for you, send me an email at mary at bluebambooleadership.com. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, be fully alive.